0: Pod, 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 pod.
1: Rugby pod.
2: Hello and welcome back to the Rugby Pod. I'm Andy Rowan, Big Jim and Goody are with me as usual. It's finally here, lads. So we'll be looking ahead to the much-anticipated start of the 2023 World Cup in France. We'll be looking at all the home nation's chances and analysing what might happen in the big games in the opening weekend. So settle back, enjoy, and make sure you're subscribed on Spotify.
1: Jim, where are you, mate? I'm in Paris. Bonjour. Ça va? Je suis fatigué tendu en cause, je femme. Le mot l'y c'est pas bon. Mate, I'm in Paris. I'm happy. I'm ready. Paris is ready. Albeit there's not a lot happening here just yet. It's like the calm before the storm. The sun's out. I was walking around Paris somewhere with the Eiffel Tower in the background with the great Andrew Merton's All Blacks legend today. I am ready. I am pumped. And we're ready. I think we're ready. We've got a live show on Wednesday. We're ready for that. But are we ready? We'll let you know after that. But I can't wait. I'll be honest with you. The momentum has gathered and we are here. Goody, you're excited, mate? Yeah, I'm excited. (laughs) Are you here with us today? I'm back. I'm back from two
0: weeks on holiday. And I'm happy to be home. Because two weeks on holiday was amazing. But two weeks with no nanny. And people have been like, oh, fucking hell, deal with it. It's hard work. Honestly. So the nanny walks in the house this morning. We got back over the weekend. Nanny walks in the house this morning. I just gave her a hug. I said, thank you. Thank you for coming back because <laughs> it's graft. So we had two great weeks on holiday at the Conrad in Kinta. Loads of Irish, loads of English, a few Scousers. They've got no interest in rugby, to be fair. But I bumped into my old mate Dean Schofield on holiday, and we had a few beers. Oh, God. That got pretty loose, which was good. Busy time, isn't it? The World Cup is here. I'm excited. Fuck what's gone on over the last four weeks (laughs) with England. We're going to win it. England are going to win it. I'm I'm buzzing for it. I really am. Um, And we've got a live show. As Jim said on Wednesday with Hoggy. Oh, I God. mean, who, but what questions are they going to ask Hoggy? I can't mm. even no, imagine
1: it's... what they're going to ask about Scotland against Africa. We're going to do true or false with him the whole night. That's it. Yeah. Obviously, a
0: big build up for the weekend. I shall be working in London for Charles Tirrett. Shout out to Charles Tirrett. Great shirts. But yeah, buzzing for
1: it. It's going to be good. Anyone else do you want to plug before we move on? <laughs> Reverse rewind on that. Did you just say great shirts? Amazing shirts. Are they the ones that the England team are wearing or not? Well they are the official formal wear partner James. Just asking because their suits look like something from the 60s 70s like baggy trousers (laughs) baggy trousers which actually I quite like it's the flares they ain't fitting the best are they but that is the look who am I to comment on fashion.
2: Jim you mentioned you're in Paris walking around seeing the sights with the great Andrew Mertens what's the feeling like in Paris at the moment? Does it look like there's a World Cup about to start? Are people
1: getting excited about it? Or what's the general feeling, mate? Nothing. I haven't seen anyone yet. Not seen anything (laughs) at all. I think it gathers later this week, doesn't it? I think that that's a simple fact of it. And the fact that the games are all scattered around. The opener's going to be here, New Zealand, France on Friday night. So I imagine they're here, they're in and around. There'll be some all-black fans turning up. But Scotland are playing South Africa in Marseille on Sunday, so there'll be some Scotland fans down there, South African fans down there. But that is it, isn't it? I mean, I was here 2007 for the World Cup. We didn't get near Paris until the quarterfinals. We were here for two days and then we went home. So, yeah, I imagine over the next few days it will gather. But, look, it's finally here, isn't it? This is the whole thing that we've been waiting for, it's to showcase the centrepiece tournament of the game that we love and the game that we talk about for years, Goody just mentioned England going to win it. You know, when you actually break it down, everything's been geared towards this, the pre-season games. And again, without belittling the games that were played, they were test matches, but completely irrelevant now. Like it is the World Cup. It's an open goal. We don't know who's going to win it. Like genuinely don't know who's going to win it. And that's the beauty of it. We have an idea who we think, and we're going to see upsets. We're going to see some unbelievable games. There's going to be controversy. And we're there for the whole time to talk about it, which I can't wait for.
0: It's going to be good. I've, still, I've got to have one negative, though.
1: Oh, I was last, just going to no, ask you if you're feeling one. positive about this. No, no, this. I'm re-
0: I am. I, like, I can't wait for it. The only problem is, I've, still, I've got to say it again. Everyone's now excited about the tournament. Look at the draw. Why the fuck did they draw it three years ago? Because, well, we've said it on air. It's been the top five teams are in one half of the draw. The other six to ten are in the other side. And it's just so lopsided. So... It is going to be it's obviously very exciting. I've got to get that out of the way because a load of people are still moaning about that. But
1: Goody, is... that is the thing, though. That is like it's a fair the, point. It is the fair point. Like It's the obvious thing when you look at it because chatting to Mertens about it, they've got one big game on Friday against France in the opener. New Zealand history, 30 games, never lost a pool game ever in the World Cup. They're walking through to the quarters effectively. So they've got one big game and that's it where you think on the other side, like you've just said, with Scotland, South Africa... Ireland, Tonga, it's carnage.
0: It is. Poor old Scotland, Day. Eh? <laughs> Poor old Scotland.
1: I had a dream that Scotland beat Ireland, not South Africa. It was Ireland this time. Are you changing tune? Yeah, it was Ireland this time. Yeah, South Africa is scaring the life out of me. People are coming hard on social media now, so they're intimidating. Yeah, they me. are. I've seen
2: that. We'll get onto the polls shortly, but just quickly look at the, this French team has been hit by injury after injury, haven't they? And they've had maybe the best 12 in the game Is out for the opening game as well? Big loss.
0: There's the news around Jonathan Dante. He's not out of the whole World Cup, but there's expectation that he's out of this opening game against New Zealand and... We're going back and forth a bit about the warm-up games and saying they don't really matter. Well, they do when Jonathan Dante's running at you because he is an absolute beast. And you know he's their focal point in giving them go forward, which creates the width and the space out wide because two defenders have to sit down him. So he's a massive loss for them. I presume Moa Fana will play in the centre with Gael Fiku, And Moa Fana's a good player, but he's probably half the size of Dante. So that's a big loss for them in this individual game against New Zealand. But
2: Andy Rowe... Mm. You have some breaking news as well that you want to tell the world. Jordy Barrett has a knee injury and could be out for this game as well. And that would mean that they'd bring in either David Harvili or they'd bring in Anton Leonard-Brown.
0: Isn't it amazing that you've finally done some research on rugby and it's just coincidental that it's involving the All Blacks?
2: Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, Jordy Barrett's out, is he? Potentially, yeah. Yeah, it looks like go. a knee injury. Yeah. Breaking Andy Rowe news. While we're talking about Paul Lay, let's talk about New Zealand, France, Italy, Uruguay and Namibia.
0: Well, let's talk about the game on Friday, shall we? What are you thinking, boys? Oh,
2: it's so hard. Because
0: they had their pants pulled down New Zealand, didn't they? Uh, they'll be raging. They're either going to be a wounded animal or the French team are going to raise their game beyond belief because it's the opener
1: or they might choke because they're not scared of a white flag either, the French. Can you say that? <laughs> I did. When you think about it, right, and again, this goes back to what Mertz was saying earlier and we were talking about, New Zealand have never been beat in the pool stages Never. What's that? Wasn't it in 2019, lads, where South Africa lost their opener to New Zealand and went on to win the World Cup?
2: Well, they were the first ones to lose a game and win a World Cup. Yeah. That was a hell of a ding-dong in 2019,
0: that opener between New Zealand and South Africa. And I think it'll be similar to this weekend, or this Friday, France against New Zealand. Hell of a ding-dong. Jim?
1: Hard to call, because France are going in, into this game without Cyril Bay, without Dante, without Paul Willemser some of their key players, I say key players, maybe not the highest profile players, whereas New Zealand are going into the game, got absolutely spanked by South Africa. Ian Foster's leaving at the end of the tournament. There's talk whether or not Sam Kane is the right player even to start at seven, let alone be captain. So this is one thing that we've never thought about with New Zealand. You're questioning a few things as they go in, like they go in as favourites or close to favourites, or they're the team to beat. And history says that they struggle against France in World Cups. Sorry, Barnsley. We've beaten them in two World Cup finals. I know.
0: Here he is. Look at Andy Rowe. He's got his black <laughs> T-shirt on. He's got his black cap on.
1: No, but I know I, what you mean. I love the All Blacks. You say that, but w- which was the, one, the controversial one? 2011. That's the controversial 2011. one. 2011. Yeah. So, no, seven. is when we lost. 2011's
2: when we won, but it was controversial.
0: because. Yeah, but we he's won talking, Jim's talking about Wayne O'Barnes. Oh, Wayne Barnes, Which was 07 when France did him in the Millennium.
1: That's right. Yeah. So, but that's what I mean. There's history between the two teams. So, the fact that we're going back and forth, 07, 11, France seems to be a team that can live with New Zealand. And I don't know. It is so hard to call. We will call it eventually. But you think about the emotion for this French team. They've been in third gear really for the warm up games, the energy and the atmosphere in the stadium. It's a nine o'clock kickoff. The top 14 started, you look at the fans, you look at the energy around that, you look at the training, the Irish are training this 14,000 there, they're doing the Iceland chant or whatever it is, I don't know why they're doing that, but still look good. So I don't don't know, it is really, really hard to to call, but I know that it's going to be a, a class game for sure. James, it's called the Viking Thunderclap. The Viking Thunderclap. That's what it's called. Would you know any team that's ever done the Viking Thunderclap have never made it past the quarters? Standard. I wonder if Ireland knew that before they started doing the clap. Are they thinking, we're fucked here because if we do this, this means we're jinxing ourselves? Blame it on the clap. Do you reckon they've got the clap? If they win it, they might. (laughs) Gertie, looking at this game,
2: what are your predictions? Because obviously the French have a lot of injuries. New Zealand's got quite a few injuries as well. But the ones that have been documented are mainly those big French ones. How do you see it going? How do you see it panning out? It's really tough to call.
0: Obviously, is going to play 10. He played really well, I think, against Australia. He's not quite on to Mac. They've got the best player in the world at the minute, without a shadow of a doubt, in DuPont, who had the ball on a string across all the games, actually, in the warm-ups. But, I don't know. I think when you've lost Vilemsa, yeah, the second row's now. Flamont's going to play those. Good, but power-wise... I generally believe Donte is a huge loss. Mm. Massive loss. But if Geordie Barrett's out... Then, you know, do they play Leonard Brown? Do they play David Havili? He hasn't really played, has he, since he he was injured?
2: He played MPC back, but that, yeah. So he hasn't really played, Maybe. is what you're saying. That's like touch. So, yeah,
0: mate, so I'm going to go New Zealand. I'm going to, yeah, cat amongst the horses.
2: Okay. So you're saying New Zealand's topping Pool A. Eh? Jim, go. I think New Zealand as well. So New Zealand's topping Pool A, eh, and then France are coming in. Oh, we just game. I thought we
0: were just talk about the game. Hold oh, no, on, let's not write off Italy here, lads, no, or let's Namibia.
1: No, well, hang on, hang on. Or Uruguay. <laughs> Italy. <laughs> I love Namibia. I love them. Love Jack Burger. But come on.
0: But uh, yeah, so basically, I'm, I think New Zealand squeaked this one. I don't know why. I've got a feeling as well. They're hurting from that South Africa game, but they've been class. And I don't think, actually, South Africa pummeled them in the scrum. France got a big scrum. Weenie Antonia. Oh. I'm going New Zealand by three. And therefore, New Zealand win the pool.
1: Oh, I'm going the All Blacks by four, just a little bit more than Goody. It's going to be close. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be class. And then they can both rest until the quarterfinals and no one's bothered about it. Should we
2: come back to pool B? Because I know we want to spend a bit of time on that, don't you, Jim? And go straight to pool C. Wales, Australia, Fiji, Georgia, Portugal. What a group. Like I, I had a moan
0: about the draw being made three years ago. But ironically, by making the draw three years ago and by how these teams have gone on and how they're situated at the minute Fiji flying high after beating England highest ever world ranking Australia just to let you know played five lost five under Eddie yeah they played a lot of good teams but he's just a horny teenager isn't he Eddie
2: <laughs> <laughs> alright
0: Sebs <laughs> Wales they were in a mess in the Six Nations they bounced back pretty well against England and then got hosed by the South Africans didn't they so that's hard. it's a really hard one to call, which makes it quite exciting.
2: Who's getting out of the pool? Two teams, Scooty. Who's getting out of the pool?
0: I want Fiji and Wales. I'm a quarter Welsh.
2: Are saying Fiji and Wales? No, no I sort I, started, I
0: started want that. Who is getting out of the pool? I look at Australia, and even though they've played five, lost five under Eddie, and he's an absolute clown, and the way he handles people and the press isn't great, but I watched what they did against New Zealand, and that Blazlo's second test, wouldn't it? They've got some class players. They did some good stuff against France as well, even though they got hosed by took forty points, didn't they? I think. I'm just gonna be boring and say, I'm sorry, Fiji, Australia and Wales.
2: And who's one and who's two? I think Australia won and Wales two. Jim, how are
1: you seeing Paul C, mate? I think Australia, even though they've lost five from five, like you mentioned, World Cup, Eddie Jones, history there. They've got some classy players. It's got Georgia this weekend. I think Georgia get out, Goody. You think Georgia qualify? Oh, I am so harsh to Wales. It's awful. It's shocking. But I think they beat Wales. I just think the game that they've got, the kind of game plan they have, beats Wales. Yeah, I think Fiji, as much as I'd love to see them make the quarter, but I'm going to go Australia, top the pool, Georgia second, play England in the quarters. You're saying, Paul
2: D, England are going to top it?
1: No. Yes. Maybe. <sighs> yeah, I do. I do. I do. I think England beat Argentina, uh, which is a big, big thing for me to say with how they've been. I just think you look at, mate, some of the performances that England have put in has shown me enough and... Hold on, which, one, which performances? Shown you enough for what? To win a group? With the group they're in. it's
0: an Easy group. Tell me which bits of the performances have, have made you come to that. Well, it's between them and Argentina. So
1: it's, yeah, but... it's, it's not a hard group, is it?
0: No, but tell me which performances have made you think that England are going to win a group? Because you said, I've seen their performances and I think they're going to win the
1: group. The game against New Zealand in the autumn where they were getting hammered and came back to draw oh, the game. You know. <laughs> 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 it was a great, hey. It was we'll a great, beat Australia
0: away two years eight, ago. <laughs> exactly.
1: hey, Four years. Andy Rowe, why are you laughing at me? 2019 semi-final. Mate? Yeah, they absolutely spanked you, Andy Rowe. What are you laughing at? <laughs> so, Matt, I'm being ballsy. I think England win the pool. I'd love to see Argentina top it. I really would. Again, we had Felipe Contepomi and our beyond expected series that we did legend as well how far offside? ridiculous absolutely ridiculous so I don't I don't like what he did in the World Cup to Scotland but I like what he's doing for Argentina Matt I think England I think England top the pool I do I think that I don't know why I think it I just feel it it's hard to call maybe it's not for some people England top it Argentina I'd love to see Japan do something but they're nowhere near it at the minute unfortunately
2: Udi, who's, who's one and two here? Who's getting out of the pool for a start?
1: But I'm going to go back. I could see Chile beating England. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: what do I think? Uh, I think England win the pool. I'm going to say it. You've seen enough from I've England? Not, I've seen fuck all, let's be honest. <laughs> I've seen four awful performances. and We, so we showed 10 minutes against
1: Fiji. Just we, say something nice to them.
0: I am. I'm saying we're going to win the pool. They
1: look great in their suits.
0: Sponsored by Charles Tirrett last. So, <laughs>
1: Absolutely hanging. Happy days.
0: There is some quality players in the squad. They're not playing well, and no one can dress it up in any other way. But positivity about England, we've been negative for four weeks based on performances and what we've seen. Those four weeks have gone. It's now World Cup. I don't know. Then Courtney Laws is injured. Hold on a minute. Faz is still banned. Hold on a minute. It's going to be. Very close. Like, every time we played Argentina in a World Cup, and correct me if I'm wrong, it was definitely in 2019. Or was it Lavanini got sent off? Someone got sent off for Argentina. High chance Lavanini. Probably was him. If it wasn't him, it was his mate, because Lavanini told him to do it. So, And we beat him comfortably. But we did lose to him in November last year. Argentina look a lot better than people that haven't watched a lot of rugby In terms of, like, if you're not a proper rugby fan watching all the games, you'd be like, Argentina, I don't really know them, but we should beat them. That's gone. Like, they're a proper quality outfit with some unbelievable players playing across the prem, playing top 14. Well coached. Czech is there. He loves it. He knows how to go deep into competitions. I just think England, I'm, I'm positive about England. I don't know how, I don't know why. I'm English. I want the boys to do well. And they can bin off what's happened in four weeks. And you get to a new... Environment, which is the World Cup where they are they're smiling and the more you hear about it they hated being under Eddie Jones like they were broken players and now you're seeing Faz smiling and you know the other boys looking like they're happy and you just hope that
2: that brings out performance so we've got to be positive we've got to get behind them so England 1 England 1 Argentina 2 ok so we've almost got our quarter finalists apart from who's coming from pool
1: B the tastiest pool of the competition oh, this pool's easy to read I don't think it is genuinely I mean Ireland they don't look happy
2: (laughs) (laughs) Jim what are you clinging on to here mate
1: how is Scotland getting out of here hope hope you're going to need more than hope well you say that we've got a good team we've gone through the archives of Scotland over recent weeks we're putting pressure on them I think they are a complete team So, yes, we have individuals on there. There's talk of Darcy Graham being fit for the opener against South Africa. Our players are banging form. Xander Fagerson is back at tight head. It is the impossible challenge. And again, we've gone through it, but just to set the scene. South Africa, world champions, currently the best team on form from what we've seen over the last few games. Ireland, number one team in the world, albeit don't do very well at a World Cup. Scotland get through this pool. I think they've done exceptionally well. Do I think they can do it? I genuinely think they can do it. Do I think they can beat South Africa at the weekend? I don't know. (laughs) Can they beat Ireland? Yes. Do we need a miracle? (laughs) When was the last time you beat Ireland? Exactly.
0: Genuine question. No, I don't know the answer. I'm not being... Well, I'm being a knob because I think it was a long time ago. When was that? time... It's a long
1: time ago. I don't, mate, it's, a, it's a long time ago. Is it? You think about what they did to us in the last World Cup as well. We struggle against Ireland. We struggle against teams that are extremely physical, that are route one. That is South Africa and that is Ireland. So when you ask me, what is hope? Why hope? That is hope.
0: Can you hope they change the draw now because and redraw it? Because Scotland deserve the way they are and the form they're in and their squad. They deserve to be in a group where they should be in a quarter final. You don't deserve anything, but you know they should be top two seed team in a pool, not where they're at with two of the greatest teams going into the tournament to play against. It's tough for them, isn't it? They're they're in their best ever spot, genuinely in terms of their squad depth, their ability, how they're playing. Finn's a magician, and we you know we've said a lot of this they produced some really great performances against England and the Six Nations. They haven't beaten Ireland in Donkeys years. You know, Jim's mentioned they struggle against power teams. I I do feel, and it sounds weird as an Englishman saying, I feel a bit sorry for Scotland purely because of the group because maybe they surprise people. I don't know. I think they get done comfortably this weekend against South Africa. Not anything to do with Scotland being deficient, just how good South Africa are and their power game. And I don't think Scotland can cope with that. It'll be
1: close for the first five minutes but brutal isn't it yeah it is it's, it's really harsh it is and how do we beat south africa again i, I, I you can't you can't I, look at the profile of the players so if you look at the back row for example you've got jack dempsey say he starts at eight very good player up against someone like jasper Visa, dwayne Vermeulen, whoever it is you've got two monsters but i would say you could arguably argue that it is potentially well matched in that position there like Jack Dempsey's played for Australia brilliant ball carrier power Rory Darge if he starts at seven or Hamish Watson so you've got Peter Steff to Toys three times the size of Rory Darge and we're going to go through the games in more details I need to give you a prediction oh gosh I'm going to say South Africa now I know I'm going to change Hold my on. mind I'm going to say South Africa oh, and Scotland no. South Africa and Scotland oh I to agree to qualify I agree yeah dreaming boys I agree, 100%. Dreaming. dreaming. Andy Rowe agrees 100%. Who have you got?
0: That's easy. Ireland and South Africa. What order? Oh, that's a tough one, though. I'm going to go Ireland first, and South Africa rolls up.
1: Hang on. Right. You, okay. think, you think Ireland beats South Africa?
0: I do. Because South Africa have won a World Cup, ladies and gentlemen, after losing a pool game. Only team to have ever done it, as we've spoken about. So they'll be like,
1: all right. What do you mean they might throw the game if New Zealand top it? And they would be like, <laughs> well, that's not till like four <laughs> weeks later, Jim, or three <laughs> weeks later,
0: that one. But yeah, it is a big thing because, you know, Ireland, and I've spoken to a lot of Irish people over my two-week holiday in Kinter, and we all know a fair few Irish players. They've got the wood over New Zealand now. I think they'd rather play New Zealand in a quarterfinal than France in Paris. See how this weekend pans out between France and New Zealand, and then... Ireland will pick and choose, right? Or South Africa will pick and choose. I don't know. South Africa might fancy playing the All Blacks because they pulled your pants down, didn't they, Andy Ray?
2: Yeah, I mean, if you want to go into the archives, that's a while ago now. Well, 10 days. While we're, while we're crystal ball gazing, let's get some other big predictions. The biggest one of all, who, who is winning this thing? Ireland. I'm going to say it.
1: Oh, Ireland. my word. Ireland. That's massive.
2: Yeah.
0: I'm going to say Ireland are going to win the World Cup. But they've done the Viking clap. Yeah, mate. It's just, you know, they're changing the narrative around the Viking clap being out in the quarterfinals I think it's an Ireland-South Africa final and I'm going to go Ireland I think it's time Northern Hemisphere team needs to win it and in reality that leaves one of three without being asked for anyone else and one of those three I'm deluded saying it because the one of three that I'm deluded about is England I'm just hopeful France have obviously picked up a few injuries Uh, yeah Ireland I, I just I think it's their time I think it is their time. Big fans wants a big Rolex. I just want Johnny Sexton to finish. Obviously, I want England to win it. Don't get me wrong. But I want Johnny Sexton to lift the trophy if England can't win it. Because I want to go back to Dublin. I love Dublin. And I think they kind of like me a little bit there. So it's one of the few places where people like me. So I'm
1: going to say Ireland. It would be unreal. If they won it, it'd be massive. I agree with Goody massive for rugby, Northern Hemisphere rugby. I just think that side of the pool's too tough. You think about the carnage. From Paul B, I think that's going to have an effect on all the teams. So I'm going to go for a All Blacks, France final, a replica of the first game, and I say France win it. I think New Zealand win game one, and I think France at home. Imagine you talk about carnage. Imagine the carnage, and we see France lift the World Cup for the first time ever. And tell the riots that. Which again, I'll be happy about. <laughs> there'll be riots, and then there'll be celebration riots as well. So I don't know which one's.
2: But there'll be riots. Who's going to be the top try scorer? It's one of them. And you're looking at the group, right?
0: Without being horrible, if you're playing Namibia and Uruguay, if you're a winger, you probably put your hand up to play in those games, thinking there's tries to be scored here. There's a highlights reel to be made. Yeah. Like the South African pool, two tough games, three to Tonga, physical. you only really got a load of tries to score, potentially against Romania, without being horrible. I'm going to go Damian Peno as top try scorer at the World Cup. He's on fire at the minute. It's a good shot. He's hell of a winger. Great shot. Creates, tries for himself, finishes loads of
1: stuff from team efforts as well. See, so yeah, I'm going to go Damien Penneau. Great shot. I'll go Will Jordan if he's all right. He doesn't like flying. He gets tinnitus or something like that that I read. So I think Tinnitus. Tinnitus, tinnitus. They'll play him. He just wants to play. He needs to play. He needs to run that off. And like Goody said, you think about Uruguay and Namibia. There's going to be, there could be some 100 pointers in there. So you've got to look at it like that. The whole thing around breaking eight, Lomu, Surveyor, and Brian Habana. Can anyone score more than eight tries in a Rugby World Cup? It's not been past eight before. Them three legends. Can it happen this one? It depends if any of these players play in the Uruguay and Namibia games, but it's coming from that side of the pool. So Goody's gone Peno, and I have gone Will Jordan on the right wing as well.
2: Will the top try scorer be the player of the tournament as well, or who have you got for player of the tournament?
1: Andy, how can we how can we predict player of the tournament now? <laughs> it's it's not even started. We're crystal ball gazing.
0: I'm going to go for a hybrid, back row, second row player, and I've predicted Ireland are going to win the World Cup, so I'm going to go friend of the show, Tyre burn Ooh. I think he's a world of a player. I just think his all round game is for a second row because he's. More so a bat row. And we had him on here a while ago, didn't we? And he said he preferred playing bat row. <laughs> I'll have a second row, though. I'm going to go Ty burn Ireland win it. He gets player of the tournament. Jim, what are your thoughts?
1: Do you want to have a go at this? All right, then. If we're crystal balling, <laughs> why not? Anton Dupont, we spoke about him. We've talked him up. I think he gets the keys to the kingdom, gets the keys to Paris, gets the keys to France, gets the keys to the Lamborghini, Finn's Lamborghini, whatever you think. If France are going to win it, it's going to be because of him as captain as leader, their best player, best player in the world right now. So you can see the momentum gathering for him. And maybe, just maybe, he might crack a smile if he's lifting the Rugby World Cup. You never know. What about any youngsters that are coming through that are going to have a
2: breakthrough tournament? Like guys that we haven't seen much of until this year. Kayla Moody. Yeah, that's exactly what yeah. I was thinking. I it's one of them that
0: he's broken through. He's still fresh... To international rugby, but he ripped the All Blacks to pieces, didn't he? And he played really well the week before against Wales. He was good against Argentina in the rugby championship. It, like he's got the world at his feet now. He's going to cover 13 as well. And they are changing the way they play South Africa. They've still got the big, brutish way of South African rugby, but they've added a layer to it. And he is going to be a standout player, I think. So, Kane and Moody for me, certainly one.
1: No longer need for Australia. Carter Gordon as well. I think he might come good if Australia play well. But everyone's talking about this. Noonganita Nitawasi, he's awesome in the air. Yeah. He's got a kind of Israel Folau physicality. That's about hard it. Hard to tackle. The comparisons. Yeah, hard to tackle. He comes good. It's from that side of the pool, because that's where someone's going to have the opportunity to carve up. But on the other side, like Goody said, and like we've spoken about this, Kane and Moody, 20 years old. He's been an absolute phenomenon and it just feels like the momentum's gathering. Have a think about that, 20 years old.
0: What were you doing when you were 20, Andy Mate,
1: I don't want to even talk about what I was doing. Yeah,
0: exactly,
2: exactly. Nothing, I was doing
1: nothing.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I'm with Jim, Kane and Moody and then Mark. Hey, how good's this? His first name's Mark, a very ordinary everyday name. And then you put that with Nwanganita Wasi.
1: What a surname. I think he's done that on purpose. He's done that on purpose because he knows how hard his surname is to say, so he's just like, just call me Mark. (laughs) Just call me Mark. (laughs) So yeah, those two.
2: So we talked about the opening game before. What sort of tactics are we expecting from New Zealand and France? How do you go into a game like this? Because it's bloody hard to express yourself and play naturally under such a big microscope and so much pressure. Do you think teams are going to adapt a different style of play for a game like this? Well, I First and foremost the All Blacks need to pull their trousers up, don't they? From getting their asses spanked
0: against South Africa. So I think that was actually quite a good shock to the system for them. Because they've been in some tight games that they've come through the other side of. But I think you'll see New Zealand playing how they play. Mongol kick a fair bit, but also they've got, you know, the the layers of attack, the structures they play to. they they're gonna miss Retallick, I think. He's out. That generally believe if Geordie Barrett is out, that's a a decent loss as well for them because then there's the goal-kicking question from Long Ranges, which he goes for. Obviously, Moanga's a hell of a kicker, but he hasn't got the range, which in big games like this, the microscope on those three-pointers, and you're playing against Thomas Ramos for France. Well, I said New Zealand are going to win. What was I on about? I'm now convinced myself that France are going to win.
2: No Lomax as well, number yeah. one tight head. Yeah. No Frazell, number France, six.
0: France are winning. New Zealand play in a, a very structured way with their ball carriers and their pods, but they do have the ability for Mwanga to open up. I love the way that France played. You only have to look at what they did against Australia, where they're playing a lot of heads-up rugby. They find space, led by DuPont. You know He's looked at the backfield a couple of times. It's all covered, so he just puts a little cheeky cross-field kick in from just outside his own 22. There aren't many teams doing that, and that's his ability. So France are getting to kind of what I call it, like the corner, where just around the 13-channel with some fours and then playing a the ball out the back and then double layering around the outside. So they look really good and comfortable in how they're playing. I can't see how they're going to change. But again, it will come back to fine margins in this game of physicality, discipline. All Black's discipline's been pretty average, in not it, at times? Scott Barrett, is he going to be cheap-shotting again? I don't know. And France, in a stadium with momentum, and DuPont, Thomas Ramos, your goal kicker, is the best goal kicker in the world, I think. I've convinced myself. I'm changing it. France is going to win. And
2: in, in the pool.
0: And topping the pool, yeah. I mean, how hard is this? How hard is it? I mean, that's what's making this World Cup brilliant, actually, at the minute. Because there are a couple of standout teams. But actually, it's hard to call, isn't it? France by three. Did I say New Zealand by three?
2: So technically, a lot of kicking. 32 degree heat in Paris this, uh, this Friday as well.
0: Yeah. Tell the sweats that. Sweating, hell. Will France get the the white flag out and choke a little bit? What are you thinking, Jim?
1: It's hard to call. Like it really is. Like it's uh, tactics aside, Andy Rose. Like what, you know, what do we mean by tactics? Like kicking game, for example. We know that Depont, great box kicker, showed a few issues when he played against Ireland. Went too long on a few of his box kicks when they lost to Ireland. Uh, I mean, the breakdown's going to be massive. The physicality, like Goody mentioned, the Scott Barrett, instant where he's flown in, closed arm, forearm, cheap shot. France have got history of entering breakdowns like that. Is there going to be a red card, yellow cards? Is that going to have an effect? I think it's going to be tight. I know it's going to be tight either way. But I think two very similar teams of how they want to play. Like New Zealand, one of the best teams in the world off counter-attack. They kick the ball a lot as well. Like Goody's convinced me that France can win when he outlays it like that. But I just think the All Blacks have got the quality in there to score tries as well as France. I mean, what an opener. When you think about an opening game, it doesn't get any bigger. It doesn't get any better, really.
2: Tell us your backline, Andy, Rowe. Smith at nine, Mwanga at ten. I would then suspect I'd play Leonard Brown at 12, Yeah. Ioane at 13, Yeah. Jordan on the right wing, Yeah. Talia on the left wing, Bowden Barrett at 15. Yeah. I would personally, I'd put Barrett on the bench, put Jordan at 15 and bring in uh, Leicester Anuku to the backline, but that's not what they're going to do. I'm going France. Now you said that bat line. It's not that great. France. <laughs> <laughs> Looking at the heat factor, and we've got Wales, Fiji. Surely that's going to be a big factor for how Fiji play, or, or an advantage to Fiji going in against Wales. Like, You're saying
0: Wales are fucked in 30 degrees.
2: I th- I'm saying that Fiji are going to be a hell of a better chance than Wales. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I predicted Wales to win it, but now you say that,
2: I'm thinking Fiji. Oh, but a bit of Warren ball is that what we're expecting from Wales?
1: They need to tighten their set piece up. They've got to tighten yeah. their set piece up. Like, if you watch what Fiji did to England and what England didn't do to Fiji, was squeeze them at set piece. And this is the vulnerabilities of Fiji. If there are any, it is the only one. Historically, it's been their, their scrum, their line out. And the issue is, is, Wales' scrum and line out isn't that great either, to be honest with you. But you just, you've got to think with Warren Gatlin, with the way that Fiji have been, the history that Wales have against Fiji, Fiji beating England, no one's talking about Wales Yeah, you can see Wales squeezing them just with that Warren Ball game that you just mentioned there, Andy wrote
0: Um, My my thing on that is you you look at England-Fiji and we started really well, but Fiji got a grip of the game and the set piece was reasonable and then they got the explosive players out wide, you've got Bottier to bring back in, Animal, you've got To us over to bring back in if they're both fit. Animal. But the big thing for me, Dan Bigger at 10 for Wales, and he's not played masses, has he, over the warm up games? But he is a guy that can control a game in no uncertain terms way better than what George Ford did for England, for example, against Fiji. He understands the game better than anyone else, I think. You know, he's up there with Sexton and these, you know, the top, top tens. Finn. He's that sort of player as well, gets the game, but he's got the X factor with it, so he perhaps doesn't get the pats on the back for game management as much as others. But Dan Bigger will drive his team around, knowing he's got an average set piece, but he's just got the ability to pull strings and put his team in the right positions, understanding the threats that Fiji have got and will have. And Fiji will pose huge threats, but I just think they will squeak it, and Dan Bigger has a huge performance. Some of the boys, like George North will play in the centres. I mean, that's mouthwatering, isn't it? Imagine him against Botia. Mm. I reckon George North pulls out of that tackle. Botia's a fucking absolute
1: beast. Up and unders galore. Bigs yeah. bang the ball in the air. Keep the ball in. Fifty-fifties. It will be. That's what it will be like. You'll just see Wales kicking the balls. Yeah, that's exactly how Gats likes his
0: teams to play. When he'll look at a team and go, "Yeah," but he's got. You've got to kick really well against Fiji because you know you kick loosely, they're going to carve you. So. That's where Bigger comes into his own. And Gats loves high tempo, ball in play, because he knows his set-piece is bang average. And that's where they'll try and... This Fijian team are fitter, though, than I've ever seen a Fijian team, right?
2: This is one of the greatest Fijian sides we've ever seen. It probably is. And it one is. of the worst of Wales. Why be horrible
0: to my quarter Welsh friends?
2: Well, Jim said it before. Wales aren't getting out of the pool.
0: Yeah, true.
1: True. I'm going Wales by three. Jim? I think Wales by six. I thought you said Wales were shocking. Not shocking, just not
2: great. <laughs> okay then, South Africa, Scotland. Let's have a look at this one. Jim, you've spoken a long time about how physicality is a thing that Scotland struggle with. How are they going to cope with the Springbok side, one of the most physical sides we've seen in a long time?
1: Uh, I don't know what to say, lads. It's going to be hard. Of course You're it is. fucked! Yeah, you look at the size of that South Africa team and... To be honest, I didn't think they were going to be as good as they have been for the reasons that we've gone through. Andre Pollard not being at 10. Ismani Le Boque the 10 to take South Africa to win the World Cup again. I didn't know anything about this Caden Moody lad. I hadn't seen much of Peter Steff de Toy. Sia Khaleesi has been injured. He's got this miraculous recovery. Eben has been injured. And then, my goodness me, how they've played over the last few weeks, like absolute monsters. R.G. Snyman fit again. It is going to be about how Scotland deal with the size of South Africa. The physicality, the route one. We saw Wales had nothing for them. And Wales are generally quite good in that area, regardless of what team they put out. And then what they did to the All Blacks. From a kicking perspective, the kick pass, physicality, the offloading. Offloading, something we've not spoken about with South Africa. I really don't know. It's it's, It's going to be the impossible task which I think we can rise to, but you look at the profile of the teams I, I've kind of gone through it before you look at the size profile and you say that because it's South Africa. they are almost double the size I can't, I'd love to see what the weights are or the true weights of them. you look at RG Snyman against Grant Gilchrist for example, or a Peter Stefft-Toy, Rory Darge like they they're double three times the size of these men. FAFTA clerk, we haven't seen a huge amount of him. In the warm-up games, they're obviously saving him for the World Cup, his kicking game. They've got the most complete game South Africa have. I think from my point of view, from a fan's point of view, a buyer's point of view, I hope that they just don't bring their A game and something happens and they're slightly off. Keep it under 50, lads. Is, I definitely that... won't be that. No, no, I don't think it'll be 50. No. I, don't, I don't think South Africa... We've got a very good defence now. We're, just to reiterate, we're as good as we've ever been, collectively yeah. as a group. We are, and we've got some star players in there. Duan van der Mover, who can score from nothing, but he's up against South Africa. They see players like him every day of the week in at school. <laughs> so I don't think they're that bothered about Duan van der Mover. We've got Darcy Graham. We know how good he is at scoring tries. He's going to be back fit. Blair Kinghorn is on fire. Finn Russell, best 10. But it's going to be more than that. It doesn't matter about that. It's about the forwards. So we're t- I'm talking about Scotland's backs there. This is about whether the forwards can stand up to the physical confrontation and the power that is coming Route One Chinatown.
2: Who's going to lead that for the Scottish side? Who's going to be the guy that really puts in the hits against the Springboks and
0: Dempsey? Jack Dempsey's got to have a go, hasn't he? He's got to be the one that leads the charge, and carries big Darge and Richie will work like dogs all day long, won't they? But in terms of big hits. Good question,
1: Andy, There you by. go. Mate, it's a great question because Jack Dempsey, he, I'd say he's a smaller version of Jasper Visa. He's an Australian eight. He's played for Australia and he didn't get picked for Australia because he wasn't physical enough, but he suits the way that Scotland want to play. But you've asked the million-dollar question, Andy Rowe, that I can't sit here and answer. Pierre Schoeman at said, but the South Africans have seen players like Pierre Schoeman, double his size, at school. Basically, South Africa against Africa, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Jamie Ritchie, Scottish. Oh uh,
0: yeah. It's tough for Scotland. But the tempo that they can play at, and you talk about physicality, yeah, that is one component of the game. It's probably the biggest component in the modern game of winning and losing games. But you've still got Finn. You've still got the energy that the Scots attack with. What Look what they've done over the four games that Jim says don't count anymore. But they, there's an excitement when they get the ball in there. You know, they will get ball. They will get some counter-attack that they can then create into sort of phase play with, you know, getting around the halfway line. You only have to look at, I know it's against Georgia, but look what Finn did with a double pump, one offload, half break, offload right around the back. and They've got that in them. So Scotland can throw some shapes against this South Africa team to ask them questions that, have they really been asked yet? It's a different team. It's a different challenge for South Africa. And I love the way, I read something from Cheslin Colby today, he goes, that's our cup final. It's like, mate, that's fucking cut finals in eight weeks, pal. But I get, so they're nervous about it as well because of how good Scotland have been and can play. Which isn't great for us. Yeah, no, it's not actually. You want them to go, who are Scotland? They've got some of our third choice, fourth choice, fifth choice players. And I don't mean that disrespectfully, but there's a couple of staffers in the the Scotland team. But yeah, it's a respect to Scotland that, and that's a a testament to where Scotland are as a team. And everyone's nice to each other before the World Cup and, and says nice things about opposition, because you don't want to write their team talk for them, do you? But that's a genuine statement around how good Scotland have been. I just cannot see how they can cope with the physicality, the bomb squad. Is it a 7-1 bench? Is it a 6-2 bench? Because whoever's starting in that type five, there's five more lumps to come on and you know take it to the next level. And that's what I think where Scotland's first team, and Gregor said he knows his first team, hasn't he? I don't think they quite have the strength on the bench to cope with what's coming for South Africa. Because even if they're in the game at 60 minutes, you've still got another 20 minutes and Scotland's best team is in their last reserves and you bring in six monsters on with a full tank and they've still got to try and chop them and win collisions. So, yeah, it's tough for Scotland. You know, I do feel for them, but I'm going to go South Africa by 18 points.
1: One thing, I think, if I'm vice-captain in the changing rooms... I'm screaming, give them nothing to hit, give them nothing to hit. Discipline has got to be completely on point. So you can't let South Africa within, I'd say, 20 metres of your try line. So your discipline's got to be right. Don't give them attacking line outs. Your kicking game has got to be spot on. We've almost got to play an unlike Scotland way, especially in our own half, to beat South Africa. If our discipline isn't right, and we know that Jamie Ritchie's had issues with discipline, as a collective, we've had issues with discipline. Rory Darge, the fifty-fifties. 50s You give South Africa a line out in your, in your 22 and they get into their pick and goo game, that is where we're struggling. So our kicking game has got to be on point and our discipline has got to be as best as it's ever been. What is the and Scotland way? What do you mean by that? Kicking it more. And people might not like that because it's almost, oh, you know, Scotland have just got to unleash. Look at the All Blacks and look what South Africa did to them so i yes we've got to attack when it's on we've got to manage the game well but if we're defending constantly if we turn ball over and we're having to make tackle upon tackle on peter steph and on Snyman on malcolm marks on the bench that comes on on these big carriers it's going to take its toll so we need to kick the ball we've got to go contestables in the air darcy graham as small as he is is good in the air blake kinghorn is good in the air finn's a world-class kicker of the ball And when it's on, we've got to take our options. But we just don't want to be in a position where we're just taking collision after collision and we're camped down in our 22 because South Africa are devastating in that part of the game. Can Scotland win it? Do they win it? What's What's the result, Jim? 18. They can win it. I think it'll be a lot tighter than that. I want Scotland to win. I think hand on heart as a neutral, which I'm not. I think South Africa win by six, unfortunately. But I don't want that to happen. Let's let's
2: move to the other big game. Goody. Are you giving your side much of a hope against Argentina? Of course what, we are. This is one of the worst England sides you've you've talked about for a long time and then Argentina. I mean they've had some big scalps in the last couple of years. Mate,
0: history means nothing right now. The last four weeks mean nothing. It's tough because England have been so poor, right? But where there's hope? Where there's belief? Where there's players that have been there at the coalface in World Cups before. You just hope they come good. And we're going to get better this week. We definitely are getting better this week because we were shocking against Fiji. It's going to be a scrappy game. There's People are talking about how England need to change the way they play and radicalise absolutely everything. And yes, I said it pre-World Cup. You can't now radicalise it after those four weeks. You could have done that at the start of the summer series. The reality is we've got some class players they're playing in a straight jacket, or they have done. And we hope that they're freed up now they get to a World Cup. And are we favourites? I'm going to go Argentina are favourites. Let's put some heat on them. England are, we're not in a good place, but there's hope that with the class players, we're not going in there with a bunch of kids that have never played in a World Cup before. We're going in there with some experienced players that need to step up. Like, Maro, where are you? What have you been doing for the last four weeks? Even the last Six Nations, you've not played well. So we've got, he's got world-class abilities in him. Genji, Grab the bull by the horns. Baby rhino by the horns. Grab the baby rhino's horn. Grab your own horn. All right, and let's see some go for Jamie George, hopefully, will be back. And I think he makes a massive difference to our set piece. And there is going to be a set piece battle, although Argentina, they used to be renowned for a massive scrum and all that stuff. They're not anymore, but they're still going to be a challenge there. We have got some very experienced players. Who's going to play nine? I'd love to see Mitchell given. The nine jersey, I think he goes with Ben Youngs, England's most capped men's player ever. Time to step up. We haven't seen a lot from him. I love Youngs, he's friends and all that stuff, and we've had him on here and he's great. But we're talking the bones of a World Cup now. These experienced players need to step up. Carl Sinclair, another one. People have touted him. He's a British and Irish lion. You know, people talk about him, but I haven't seen anything from him. So we're holding a lot back and we need to start this World Cup. And they've all got it in them. They just got to find it. George Ford at ten, you know the back row. Where, where, who do we pick in the back row? Is Courtney fit? Heard he's going to struggle.
2: Yeah, missed the ceremony, didn't he? Yeah,
0: sore back. Wise, well, you don't want to sit on the coach for too long. And sit in a chair if you can lie in bed and watch Netflix. But yeah, I mean, yeah, Manu's there. We've got some quality players. Who plays in the centre? Lawrence is just putting it together, and we haven't put anything together yet. So I'm hoping at some point it's got to come good. There's got to be a collective drive within that squad now to go. Listen, what's done's done. There's been a load of negativity, and rightly so. And the boys must know. Listen, we're playing shit, so but stick with us, and that's the message. So England's behind. The whole of England is behind this team. Momentum is. I know it's a huge thing in sport. I think we get a victory down in Marseille. Scrappy, it'll be ugly, but it generates momentum. The whole Marcus Smith question. People talking about him starting a fullback. That's never happening. Really? I don't. I don't not this weekend not against Argentina, who kick us the balls. Carreras for them is, you know, classy operator. They've got some really experienced players now in Argentina who will stand up and, you know, cause us trouble. So I think it'll go George Ford. Yeah, I'm going England by three, and I don't think we're going to see a radical England performance. We're going to try and play at a bit more pace, but there'll still be the huge kicking element, the huge box kicking element, you know, forcing Argentina, because all due respect to this Argentina team, and I did name Carreras then as someone that can cause damage to us, but they're not a team that are going to go from 70, 80 metres against us a lot, I don't think. I think they'll be playing a tactical kicking game as well. And so it'll be, become a game of chess, and I'm hoping that England's experience and bulldog mentality have actually, let's be honest, we've been shit. We have been absolutely shit now for the Six Nations, for the World Cup games, but there's players in that squad that have got, a huge amount of experience, have experienced some massive highs in an England shirt, find it, whatever it takes, pull it out against Argentina and then the narrative changes, momentum builds and everyone is fully thinking that England can go deep into this competition but only the players can find that within themselves. The fans will be there to support it. We all desperately hope as England fans that this happens but we've been saying it week on week. Get
2: better! And hopefully
0: this week we come good and get better.
2: Have you guys heard what Sips has been saying? Well, I haven't heard it. I've read it. It's a bit juicy, isn't it? Calling out current players. Called out Farrell, Ford, Cole, Youngs. The Mafia. Yeah, the Mafia. Is it not just the senior leadership group? or? So basically, it was the senior leadership group that he
0: said was the Mafia. When books get sensationalised in newspapers, they pick out the juiciest bits. And that might sit within a chapter that where there's more context, right? So this is Danny Cipriani telling Danny Cipriani's story. And everyone is has their right to their opinion. And I can see, and I said it, do you remember I pulled up that clip when Sips put the kick through against Africa mm. for England. Faz has been playing at 12. Johnny May scores in the corner and Faz is like, oh, his body language is awful. And it went viral. You can see it. I can see it. We've been in environments, Jim, haven't we, where there is that kind of layer of, seniority coaches favourites and it, it happens at every club just to let everyone know every club every international team it's a natural thing between a coach senior players players jostling for position whether you're an international squad or in a club squad those things happen at each club I played at clubs when I was in a leadership group and I was playing absolutely shockingly and there's better players behind me that probably should have got picked but they wouldn't get picked because I had more experience and the coach trusted me more than trusted them it's a natural thing in any environment same in a work environment in corporate world or wherever but I can see why he's saying it so it's obviously sensationalised because it's coming out and it's around World Cup time and you know he he wants to have his voice heard because he probably felt he was silenced and he probably was you know some pretty strong things come out around Catty, Mike Cat Andy Farrell but they're just his lived experiences and we know he's had loads of threesomes so you know what do we know
2: we finish things off then with the good, the bad, and the ugly.
0: Yes, let's start off with the good, then Rassing and Stuart Lancaster. His boys spanked Perpin Poo, 59-10 in the top 14. hell of a performance by them. Talking about Poo, Poo, they get a mention in the good this week. They dominated Lyon 40 points to 10. I mean Poe, of course I do, not Poo, to go second in the top 14. So massive shout-out to Dan Robson and all the Poe boys. Stade Francais and Paul Gustard get a mention in the good this week. They beat Montpellier 24 points to 9 to go top of the top four team with played 3-1-3. Three, three. Guzzi's boys are flying. Good to see. What else is good? The World Cup welcoming ceremonies. I quite like them. Boys put their suits on. I tell you what, Scotland look good. They've gone from the blue suit, the white shirt and the white trainers. You happy with that get up, Jim?
1: Gregor looks good. He loves a pair of white trainers. That's what he wants to be seen. That's all Finn though, isn't it? I reckon
0: that's Finn designing that. He's got the Louis Vuitton in there and something, hasn't
1: he? Yeah, they look good, Scott. I'd say out of all the teams, they look good. And Australia. I like the funny hats they've got as well.
0: <laughs> so, yeah, the World Cup ceremonies, I've enjoyed those. Fijian boys singing. But the good this week goes to Ireland. And what? People would be like, well, yeah, why? I love Ireland. We know that. I love Dublin. But the fact that there was 12,000 fans in tour where they are having their training base and training. They did the Viking Thunderclap, which looked great. They couldn't try on the pitch because there was fungus on it, apparently. But the best bit I loved, and please go back and watch this footage. <laughs> I, I, I watch it and I'm still laughing now. Johnny Sexton, when he leads the team out, is holding Craig Casey's hand like he is the mascot. All right, And then go back to when Craig Casey led out Ireland A... He was Captain Vinalday. He let out on a mascot who was a child who was bigger than him. So they've tried to recreate that. I thought it was hilarious. Have a watch of it. Johnny Sexton holding hands, pretending that Craig Casey is the mascot. So Ireland and everything going on there, that gets the good this week. The bad, few bits of bad. Bayon got spanked 37-0 by cast in the top 14. Very French rugby heavy this week because that's all the rugby that was going on. Speaking of French rugby, Perpignan... They're in the bad. They got destroyed, 59-10, conceding nine tries at Raston. We mentioned that before. They're now bottom of the top 14, played three, lost three. French injuries to Jonathan Donte and Paul Willemser. That's bad news for them, but hopefully Donte comes back over the next few weeks. But yeah, they get mentioned the bad. But the bad this week goes to our good old friend Eddie, Eddie Jones.
2: Oh, of course it does.
0: He's in the bad this week. Two reasons. Anyone see his interview on, I think it was BBC Radio 4? Blaming the RFU for not producing any players, mate. No kids coming through. Hold on, mate. You didn't pick them all. There was loads of them we kept talking about that you should be picking. He basically blamed the state of England rugby, not on himself, but just the RFU. And he's got a point. The RFU have a massive hand on, you know, why there's no development, etc., etc. But Eddie, you can't be pointing fingers at other people when it was your job, son. Basically saying his job as a head coach isn't to develop players. Well, yeah, it is, Eddie. So he gets a mention in the bad for that. But also, mainly... Because Sip said he was like a horny teenager asking <laughs> him about his liaisons in the bedroom with Kirsty Gallagher. So Eddie Jones, I couldn't really find much bad this week. So you're having it for those two things, you horny teenager. Then the ugly, only one bit of ugly. No, I'm not having this. Ben Pajetta. you do not push Rog like that. You do not push my Rog. My good friend, I hug him pre-game in the Champions Cup finals, back-to-back last two years. Obviously, Rog was in the technical area. The kick comes in. He's actually trying to get out of the way, Rog, here. And the ball just brushes the side of his head. Erda Pajeta thinks he's done it deliberately. Pushes him once, pushes him twice. Let's not forget Rog got uh, a bit of a hefty fine, didn't he? For some physicality on the touchline before. If Rog would have touched him, he'd have got a two-year ban or something. Which, yeah, it, it'd have been something horrific like that. So, Ben Erdo Pagetta, do not lay your hands on Rog. And Rog gets a mention for showing restraint But that's why Ben Urdepajeta gets the ugly this week.
2: Thanks, Gertie. And we've partnered up with Asahi Superdrive for this World Cup and we're looking for your beyond expected stories. This week, we have one from Kieran Williams, who was born and raised in rugby. He says, I decided that in 2019 I would spend a year traveling and working in New Zealand. After arriving in Wellington, I knew that South Africa were in town to play the All Blacks in a World Cup warm-up. Having no friends to go with me, I bought a single ticket and thought I would enjoy the match solo. Fortunately, a girl who was conveniently sat next to me in the stadium had the same idea. And she had also arrived to New Zealand on a solo trip. After a 16-all draw and a few beers, we went out and had a few laughs. The shirt may have come off in a a 3am dance-off. Anyway, five years later and back in the UK, we're a happy couple. Rugby never fails to bring people together. Shame I'm built like a lettuce and have had to retire. Love the pod. Keep it up, boys. Good on you, Kieran. And if you've got a story, just send it in on socials or through our website and we'll read one out each week. Asahi are offering our listeners a chance to win a matchday experience to this year's Rugby World Cup or merch for the best ones. So get sharing. Thanks, Scurdy. Thanks, Jim thanks producer Robin thank you very much for listening don't forget to check us out on YouTube and make sure you're subscribed on Spotify
0: Robbie spot spot pod 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 Kieran what a boy